0: What time is it?
1: Welcome in to the 237 Podcast i'm just trying something new i like it i like it i like it have fun with it i'm travis strickland you know me sitting behind the uh the host chair i guess captaining this ship got steve birchell with me here as always our resident ufologist and hypnotist and whatever else we need him to be good morning also got matt aragon who recently revealed himself as a russian spy how you doing over there comrade i am doing well my friend i'm doing well scott dean the producer hello 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 and uh rob webster our skeptic he's not here today he was skeptical about whether or not we were gonna have a podcast and uh didn't show up so we're going we're gonna press on without him here Got a good show for you here today. Um, going to be covering a couple of different topics. Like we did last week, we're breaking the show up into segments. So uh, segment one belongs to Steve, and uh, he's going to bring us something new every week that's uh, a little bit on the fringy side, a little bit out there, something to get the juice flowing, get you excited about, you know, thinking about the the you know, wild and wacky and
0: wonderful things that are going on in the world. So uh, Steve, what are you looking at this week? We're looking at the uh, Global Consciousness Project, which put uh, about 70 random number generators around the planet. And they've noticed that as unusual events happen around the planet, that uh, these generators become less random. And I know you guys are probably all sick of hearing about it because we've been talking about it all week on the back deck. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I, the, well the listeners haven't so they they don't know so this is all new to them so we we need to
1: always keep that in mind that you know even if we talk about this stuff beforehand we're starting over we're we're starting to refresh so random number generators global consciousness what does what does global consciousness have to do with number generators how do you how do those two things intersect?
0: that's what they're trying to figure out okay they, so they, they don't know that's, well that's the whole point
1: okay so what are they what are they using the random number generators to try to is that like a measuring A uh, 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 giving them the ability to measure something are they trying to measure consciousness what
0: well, are they the high hypothesis right now is that globally the consciousness of all of us put together or groups of large people put together affect these random number generators okay so this kind of ties in with
1: stuff that we talked about in season one where we were talking about you know consciousness in general and uh, the more people that you have focused on a a certain event it it can change the likelihood that that event will occur um, in ways that we don't fully understand so this is this is a uh, a group of people that have bought into that idea and are now trying to like quantify it and get some actual actual numbers and run some experiments and one of the tools they're using to do those experiments is these
0: random number generators yeah and it's a group of phds by the way well that's that's always good you know so it's not just some uh it's not me and you right planning (laughs) exactly you know (laughs) i'm saying hey this is what we see yeah no these are all phds and phd candidates that are looking at all this data and the way it's looking fellas it's statistically it's above chance way above chance i mean and and the data is showing not huge fluctuations but just enough that it's you know well above chance okay so
1: when you um when you say like the the results that they're getting what like define a a random number generator for me like well like what exactly are they doing i mean are they split are they spitting out numbers between one and a million one and
0: ten like no, well these things are just like flipping a coin heads or tails ones or zeros okay so it's it's right. it's binary and they're they're getting one result or another so they're that kind of simplifies right and anybody who wants to look at it and actually look at the data go to the global consciousness project they've got all the data on there. There's a little tiny menu up on the right-hand side. You can pull that down, and you can look at all sorts of different areas and even what they
2: hypothesize and all that. Okay. Now, I a question. Do you know uh, the, the schedule of these number sequences that are given off by these network of random number generators around the world? What What is the schedule of their, or, you know, when do they Broadcast or generate their numbers twenty four like hours a day, it just all all day long, yep. spitting out numbers, and it all goes to a central computer. It's a, it's a central uh, uh, database or feed that everything's right. linked to and yep. uploads to automatically. And so, you know, okay,
0: yeah, the first so like one
2: tick of a clock, and they give out a. I'm a trying to remember
0: when Princess Diana died. That was in. 97 i think somewhere i was gonna i was gonna say 98 so i think we're at least in the ballpark okay so she's she's the first one that they got significant debt on oh so they've been running this since the 90s yes that that event is one of the first things that they captured and that they noticed a significant spike you know well it's it's important
1: that they've been doing it that long because if you just turned it on you know two years ago and we're already trying to make claims about what the results said, uh, it, it, people's response would be, well, it hasn't run long enough. We don't have a large enough data set. We don't have enough um, of a control to like put it against. But running
0: since the late 90s, that's that's a pretty good run. Yeah, um, All the major events, you know, the Concord crash, uh, the Pope's death, um, and then the big one really is 9-11. What about... Okay, what about false positives? What about times when
1: the number generator seemed to become less random and there was no there was no major event that they could
0: tie to it? Do they have are there instances of that? I, I didn't read any of that, no. Okay. It only seems to correlate to major events around the world, not just local little local events wonder if they have it
1: like charted out where you can look at um like a line graph where you can see the spikes
2: well i, I was just going to say i have one with from the same that the, the, the same uh project that he's referring to uh they have it uh, on their site uh graphed and figured for a handful of events from recent history mm-hmm. um the from the coronavirus pandemic to black lives matter and george floyd's killing to derek chauvin's trial verdict yeah Uh, well that's the thing man and there's
1: we've had so much shit happen in the last two years i saw a meme today where it was some like i don't know third grade kid with her head like in her in her hands and she's like got a tear in her eye and she's looking down at a paper with a pencil like mm-hmm. trying to learn something it's like this is what it's going to be like when yeah. future generations try to learn about what happened what in twenty 20- now yeah, yeah since 2020 because um, it's a, it's a weird time in history where it just seems like one thing after another after another we literally just kind of got on the other side of the pandemic and
2: jumped straight into a war in mm-hmm. europe um, but uh yeah one of that one of those that uh it was regarding the coronavirus uh pandemic it's uh you know it was an event in italy uh in march 27th the pope held a uh, special ceremony and ritual at the vatican uh as a uh prayer for all of those affected by coronavirus mm. both in italy and around the world um and the graph i wish we had a way you know i could have got this up i wish i would have um but the graph shows uh data from uh two hours prior to the service Mm -hmm. um and the hour of the service um and the uh this it is a i'll show it to you that is the uh graph and figure Mm -hmm. of the uh uh the number sequences now what it shows is the you know about two hours before the this i think the uh the ritual service was held at uh six o'clock uh so uh four to five uh there is a low frequency of the uh Patterns within those random number generators around the world uh, an hour before it kind of steps up to a second plateau where it's kind of becoming a little more less random mm-hmm. um, and then uh, shows about about six fifteen six twenty shortly after the start of this uh, prayer service uh, the randomness of the numbers is exceed the the non-randomness of the numbers is far exceeding the expectations of the of the deviation within the field we get a
1: major crescendo yes. a major spike right then correct yeah that's interesting you it's, know it's, it's I,
2: interesting to look at the numbers and see it on a, on a chart like you said it's very it's it's it's, it's intriguing
0: and yeah. an interesting thing that I've read this morning is that four hours prior to 9/11 happening they started seeing these generators becoming less random yeah four hours prior to
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah then, so you, you start to see yeah it's interesting um, you know do we all know subconsciously that something big is getting ready to happen and then boom and then it something happens. happens right right yeah well we've all been in that situation where uh, something's about the
1: maybe like a bar fight or something where there's just there's just like an electricity in the air mm-hmm. that you just sense before some shit goes down Mm-hmm. um so i mean we that's something that we've all kind of experienced and then just like we talked about uh, when we were going over belief systems and kind of touching on religion even though i don't consider myself a religious person i don't i don't take uh i don't practice like organized religion i do think there is something in prayer in the sense that you're getting large amounts of people together to focus on one, one thing that they want level. to happen mm-hmm. And I do think that we have the ability to influence the, the likelihood of certain outcomes based on um, getting, getting large groups of people together. Where there, there's something to do with us being, us being able to do more as a collective, like, it's like the collective intelligence or consciousness or whatever you want to call it is greater than just the sum of its parts Mm -hmm. there's something else that's happening there that we don't fully understand
0: well and then coming from my uh crazy ass what if all these events are just part of the script that we're playing and we come into this we choose to forget but somehow deeper down we all know it's going to happen you know what i mean that's why these spikes just before and your eyes dilate just before you see the picture you know that, those sort of things yeah do we subconsciously just know
3: well that, that, well, that goes to uh, we were talking a couple of weeks back about the group that was doing yoga and getting groups of or not yoga meditation mm-hmm. and they were getting large groups to meditate at the same time and meditate on the same type of thing and they went into one of the towns and about a, a city of about 30,000 people mm. took a thousand people and all had had them all meditating on, on good thoughts and stuff and they were they went in and looked at at crime and all of the different aspects of society and as soon as those people started doing this all of the numbers for like you know crime and violence and and just people's bad thoughts in the city dropped by 10 15 20 percent yeah so that would be like an example of a a secular
1: example of doing the exact same thing as prayer but without you know but but instead of just just having it being honest intention of humans without really involving any sort of deity or, or god or entity or anything like that it's just like you know, so
3: something that we're trying to accomplish as a community. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you could take a thousand people in a town separated from thirty from the other twenty thousand people in that town mm-hmm. and have them just thinking good thoughts and that idea spread completely through that population. It doesn't take doesn't take a whole town to make a change in a town. Mm-hmm. It only takes a small group of people to start to act differently for that idea to spread it's not even actions though it's just intentions to act they weren't even you know well i mean i i kind of think it's probably both you know if you've got a thousand if you got a thousand people in a town of thirty thousand, and those thousand are consciously thinking about doing good things not not harming their fellow man being polite being kind when they're out that just by thinking that in a group when they go out in a public aren't they going to transfer those ideas through physical
0: action and words and thought well and probably other ways too that are not even known to us but i think it all starts each one of us has to change ourselves and then collectively as a group we'll slowly change each other and then so forth.
3: You know it's like going into work in the morning. You can walk into into your job and you can walk in and be grumpy and you know not have a smile and just oh yeah, okay, and walk in, but if you walk in with a smile and hello, how are you today? How was your night? Did you sleep well and come in with a positive attitude, mm-hmm. not only does your day work a little better, but usually everybody else that you're working with day Go better. So, that,
1: yeah, I mean, the, the pushback against the way... W- what we started out talking about here was was random number generators and the fact that they can be influenced by events in the real world. And that's a separate conversation from, um, yeah. you know, have, well, just have good intentions or, or if you're gonna have, have,
2: if you if you expect c- to have a shitty time you're gonna have a shitty time yeah,
1: yeah well and that's that's th- there's something to that obviously yeah. I mean that's pretty but it's, but it's a different concept well, yeah I mean, and, and then little, there's also
2: parallel but we're yeah. also
1: gonna have to jump into a conversation about free will and precognition which is like um, when you're literally acting you're basically it, there, there have been scientific studies where people essentially are they, they think that they're Looking at something, formulating an intention, then doing the acting, and then figuring out how their actions affected their environment. When in fact, what seems to be happening is you act, and then you become conscious of your action, and then you piece it all together and try to like retroactively make sense of of things that are just happening. To get into that would be to get into a, a discussion of free will, which I don't really want to do today. That's going to be that's yeah, going to be another day. Um, but as for The way that you ended up on this website in the first place, Steve, and and looking into these random number generators was that experiment with the plant in the room.
0: Yes. Do you want to take us through that? Yeah, basically what they did is they took a dark room, they hooked a grow light in the center of the room to a random number generator and put a potted plant in one corner. And what they noticed, you know, over the course of several days that the uh, light tended to stay on the plant a little more often than it did in all the rest, the other three corners of the room so they ran the
1: experiment without the plant first sure with just like a random number generator that and whatever that ge- random number generator spit out determined what corner of the room the light would shine on right and then when they ran it again they stuck a plant in one of those corners just they just picked a corner and just stuck a plant there and What ended up happening was it became less random and the light shined more often in the corner with the plant than it did in any of the other three corners which is spooky Mm -hmm. because there's no human element to that although i guess you could say maybe the experimenter was a plant lover you know i mean if you really want to make it human centric but i personally prefer to think of it like perhaps the plant the plant was what was altering it the plant is consciousness and you know full well that plant was praying for some sunlight Mm -hmm. because if it doesn't get it it's going to die right and there's the whole like Mm -hmm. biological life finds a way um when you look at the way plants convert you know fuel or energy into fuel or fuel into energy or like cellular cellular energy when you look at it at the cellular level you see um the way that we're very similar with um with the cells of our body so there is this there is this implication that maybe all things are conscious not just
0: yeah i mean just because you can't hear it speaking to you doesn't mean it's not conscious it's alive i mean it can die
1: It, it can be you see it born and then it dies so i mean what's to say it isn't alive in between and what's to say there isn't a network of all of the plants and that just like we seem to be more intelligent we had we seem to have a a larger amount of consciousness or intelligence or again however you want to label it as a group than we are as the sum of all our parts you could probably say the same thing about all plants and all life on earth and in the entire
0: universe as far up as you want to take it yep or as far down as you want to take it at the microscopic level Mm -hmm. yeah it all seems to mirror each other smaller you get up to the largest things we see Mm mm-hmm they all seem to follow the same patterns, whether it's in a plant, it's in us, you know, whatever. All right. Well, this has been, this has been good food for thought. We'll, uh, we'll end the segment there, I think. Yeah, and we'll get in more depth later on on all this stuff. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into all, all kinds of stuff, especially like free will, like we kind of touched on here. Oh, but yeah. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a whole. I, I know I'm going to have to fight Scott on that one. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Just a little bit. But, all right. Let's, uh, let's move on to part two. Part de. So the, uh, the main segment of the show we're going to be talking about uh, today is kind of continuing along with the conspiracy theory route that we've been on up to this point, mainly focusing on the uh, we're, we're still we're, we're still pretty much focused on this book, Chaos by Tom O'Neill. Um, and this is kind of going over the segment, the chapter that was entitled Neutralizing the Left. It's an interesting story the way he tries to weave it together. There's there's so much going on and there's so many characters and you're you're talking about, you know, Charlie Manson murders, hippies, LSD, the JFK assassination, the CIA, the FBI, Vincent Bugliosi, the the prosecutor and all the shit that he had going on, swapping lawyers and um working out deals with judges, uh, cover-ups by the LA County Sheriff's Office and the LAPD, um, its it, it really is a hell of a story, and it's one that you're not going to get everything from the, the first time through, which is why I thought it would be cool to kind of break it down in the way. And we're actually going backwards from the way that it's presented in the book, which when you're dealing with this amount of information it really doesn't matter what order you take it in there's 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 way too much to get in one pass so i kind of wanted to focus on um the part where he sort of weaves in together uh the the things that were going on in the in the 60s and 70s with the fbi and the cia and what they were doing to try to manage what was happening which was the hippie movement the anti-war leftist movement um and you also had militant uh black organizations well they they called them militant and, and they were at the time when they were formed the black panthers were uh they formed the original chapter was out of oakland california and basically what they were pushing for was lawful and armed resistance against overzealous and racist cops, which was a real problem at the time in that area. And some would argue is still a real problem today. Um, I don't think you can make any case that it hasn't gotten a hell of a lot better, but that doesn't mean that it isn't still a problem in some areas. Um, When we were talking about the random number generators in part one, you mentioned the Chauvin trials just Mm -hmm. as, you know, you need a a refresher. Yeah. Yeah things that are still going on. So this all kind of kicked off with the 60s youth movement. And uh, that was a movement that was born May 13th, 1960. You had hundreds of demonstrators, mostly UC Berkeley students, began a two-day protest at San Francisco City Hall. So what happened was the House Committee on Un-American Activities, which is a hell of a name if you think about it. We've got the House Committee of un-American activities and they have convened a series of hearings there in san francisco city hall and the students were like well that sounds intriguing i think we would like to attend that to which they responded no you're you're barred don't come here you're not welcome here these hearings are private so they showed up anyway uh, about 500 of them and it, it it got a little it, it got a little tense and they ended up breaking out the firing fire hoses on them, uh, sprayed them down with water, blasted them down the marble staircase mm-hmm. of the San Francisco City Hall. So that they were they were thinking that that'll that'll be the end of it. These, you know, these stupid kids. Let's get them out of here. Uh, they showed up the next day with 5000 protesters. And the HCUA was so shocked and, and put off by this that they never again had a meeting outside of washington dc from that point forward they were strictly doing the meetings there in dc they were like we're gonna stay the hell out of california Uh, j edgar hoover of the fbi was like there's no way this is our population that's doing this the communists have got to be behind this Um, there's clearly they're the ones to blame for this movement they have infiltrated our youth And they are, it it was like, it was beyond his comprehension that it was even possible that there were people that just had opinions that ran counter to, to what they were doing. And again, this was the, this was the committee for un-American activity. So anyone that, and basically you you see a lot of this with the misinformation thing now, where it's like anything that it's the same thing with a new label. Right. It's like if you disagree with if if the information you're putting out there doesn't line up with the narrative that I believe in, then it's misinformation. And it was the same thing with activities. It's like if you're doing something that runs counter or you're protesting something that we're in favor of, that's un-American. You know, it's the it's, it's a similar idea with like Anthony Fauci up there going Anthony Fauci is science. Mm -hmm, You know, they're saying we are American. And if you're against us, then you're un-American, which is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And and they knew it was ridiculous. And even back then in the sixties, you know, these stoned out hippies were tripping on LSD Mm -hmm. and beating down the door of city hall going, Hey, what do you, why are you calling us un American? We, we have just as much a right to, you know, express our opinions and have our opinions and, make them known and and protest things if we want to. So that was basically what kicked all of this off. Um, From that point, they revived an old um, intelligence program, which was COINTELPRO. COINTELPRO stood for Counterintelligence Program. It was something they had used before. This wasn't new. Uh, They used it in the 50s against civil rights activists, Mm. uh, especially, most notably, against Martin Luther King Jr., um, they, a lot of the, so it, if you've ever heard someone disparage Martin Luther King Jr., they'll talk about how he was a womanizer and how he did all these things. And he may very well have been a, a womanizer, mm-hmm. but so was every other man during that era. And, uh, his, and his wife knew about all of them. Oh, yeah. Like, if you were popular and everyone knew who you were, and you were, you know, doing really well, you were slinging dick. And this, this has been... Uh, Prominent in human history across all men across forever. Yep, you know, except at least by the fifties, we weren't just straight up raping people. Unless you're, well, I mean, Bill Cosby was a, a little I mean, different, yeah, but even yeah. then, I mean, he's out now, so it was it was a different time, people. Okay, like well, uh, I'm sorry least, if that offends you. He at least put him to sleep. Right, he at least him I, <laughs> Yeah, so that's you know wasn't. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so they, they, they revived this old program, this old program. They're like, well, this worked pretty good for, uh, you know, pushing to get civil rights activists, which eventually, you know, civil rights did get to a, a decent place there. There was still Jim Crow and shit that went on afterwards that was kind of fucked up. But it, it did have it did have some um, some effect. So anyway, they're, they're going to revive this old COINTELPRO and CIA at the same time in the same month. Uh, starts a new program called Chaos. And basically w- what the purpose of these uh, well, CoIntelpro in their case, we know exactly what their mission statement was because they wrote it down. And at some point there was a small field office in Pennsylvania and a bunch of activists um pulled a play straight out of the FBI playbook. Mm-hmm. They cased this place. Uh they they went around and and did uh surveillance. Um, they sent in a woman to who pretended that she was a student to try to get get like a layout of uh, lay of the land and figure out you know when people were there and when they weren't there, they end up breaking it in with a crowbar and go into these filing cabinets and they just stuff
2: their mm-hmm. bags with these papers. They were not going in for anything specific they were going in to see, they were they were hoping to find reasons for Vietnam. Yeah, they were that. That's so. so that was their original intent, but they ended up finding a lot more.
1: Yeah, they found. Well, they found out everything there was mm-hmm. to know, pretty much. Well, not everything there was to know, but they found out a lot enough um, mm-hmm. about COINTELPRO and all of this stuff ended up in the New York Times. If you want to mm-hmm. look back at it, it's all documented. Uh, but basically, J. Edgar Hoover had a note, uh, like a mission statement, and he said the purpose of COINTELPRO is to expose, disrupt, misdirect, discredit or otherwise neutralize organizations. And it, it was basically, they were, let's see, uh, in a later memo he also, that was also revealed in this, um, he said that they were trying to pinpoint potential troublemakers and neutralize them before they could act. Mm-hmm. So they're basically figuring out who the bad guys are, even though they haven't done anything, and neutralizing them. Before they can do bad things, and their list includes oh the the Black Panther organization, the the U S uh, mm-hmm. the U S orga- or the US organization, yep. which was like a rival to yep. the Black Panthers, the Black
2: Panthers Nation of Islam, yeah, Ku Klux Klan, the War Socialist Workers Party, mm-hmm. anti war groups, the New Left, yeah, they had all the whole lefties, the anti war groups, yeah, all of them.
1: So yeah. basically they would infiltrate the groups um, using agents they would grow their hair out smoke pot and mm-hmm. do whatever they had to do mm-hmm. um, in the case of the black organizations the best thing that they could do would be to wait for somebody to get arrested for something and then offer to commute their sentence in exchange for infiltrating this group one of the most successful times they ever did this was with what was it William O'Neill he was turned informant after Impersonating a federal agent and stealing a car. So this is a guy that apparently wanted to be law enforcement mm-hmm. or wanted to be a federal agent. He was playing cop, pretending to be, and they were like, "Oh,
2: perfect! Yeah,
1: you want to be a cop, huh? Bet. We'll, okay, we'll no give problem. You a real badge. So he infiltrated the uh, the Illinois chapter of the Black Panthers and actually rose to the rank of personal bodyguard for the then chairman of that chapter fred Fred hampton
2: Hampton.
1: yeah so if you want to know like in this case this was a very extreme example and a very successful example of what they like to do in this case they got william o'neill to drop a barbiturate into fred hampton's drink one night and then because they had a detailed layout of fred hampton's apartment they were able to once he was unconscious raid his apartment, during which time they shot him twice in the head. They assassinated him. They straight up took him out.
2: Now, some might ask, why is Fred Hampton so important? What was, what was Fred Hampton involved with in Chicago that made, would maybe make him a, a large target for you this t- project? You tell me. Fred Hampton organized and was the starter of the Rainbow Coalition within Chicago. So they were um, gay, too? Well, it was uh, groups of poor whites, poor blacks, Hispanics, gays. Oh, no, we can't have that. Fred Hampton organized a group of every street gang and organization and group in Chicago to organize against political corruption within Chicago. Mm -hmm. So he was a uniting force um, of every man. He united probably the... One of the scariest, or not scary, one of the most useful and uh, what could have been most powerful political movements in modern history. Oh, because the Black Panthers blew up. They started out in Oakland, but Mm. like I said,
1: this is the Illinois chapter. They Mm. had chapters all over the country, a lot of them.
2: But these were, yeah, these were the Black Panthers. These were the young patriots, the young lords. It was groups of, and they were all protest movements, right?
0: Yeah, well, you know, which in in well, well the black panthers it's stifling free speech. The Black Panthers
3: really didn't start out as a protest group. They started out as a community organization group, and they were they were starting daycares and and early schools, like preschools, and setting up. Uh, healthcare. Yeah, they had and, community and, outreach. Uh-huh. They would make sure that people had housing and meals that couldn't otherwise afford them. They were yeah, they were and, looking and, and out and for the were, community. And, and they were really push pushing more to get out black vote to it wasn't until all of that started that the CIA and the FBI got involved and once that started happening, they became way more pushed into aggressive ended up being the black panther splintered into a couple of different groups for a while right well that w- that was the idea the kind of divide
1: and conquer and they would play the groups off of each other um mm-hmm. so in in one of the one of the biggest um or most insane cases this was also revealed in the documents that were stolen from that office uh there was an instance where the fbi convinced members of the U.S. organization, which was uh, another black militant group, that the Black Panthers were meeting on the UCLA campus to plan assassinations mm-hmm. to try to overtake yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And they, the U.S. organization people were so convinced by this that they actually... I'm trying to think of a better way to phrase, like ran up on, they ambushed. They ambushed these, uh, these Black Panthers, and they killed two of them on the campus. Um, so two, two Black Panthers died, and then three members of the U.S. organization were arrested. Um, the reason the L.A. County Sheriff's Office was able to make those arrests is because they received information directly from the FBI telling them exactly what had taken place and exactly why it took place. So the L.A. County Sheriff's Department went in there, arrested those three guys, and then in the report, kept the FBI completely out of it. They, they covered it up, even though it never would have happened had it not been. It was it was agent provocateurs. And of course, we know all about agent provocateurs. Mm-hmm. They seem to be involved in any any time you see a protest. You're going to have agent provocateurs that show up and they show up with bricks, you know, Mm -hmm. and just hand them out to people going, hey, don't you want to throw that at the window or uh, January 6th Mm -hmm. insurrection? It's not just a black thing. It's just protests in general. Anytime there's like civil unrest, you're going to have agent provocateurs that are there to try to make the situation worse to not, you know, don't even give it a chance to get off the Mm -hmm. ground. Because as soon as we can say that,
3: oh, look at this violence, we can shut it down legally. I mean, I mean, you know, right now the FBI is going, oh no, we don't know who these people are. No, they don't work with us. But there's a lot of proof that there there were people in the crowds at that that protest on January 6th that were affiliated with the FBI, the CIA, that were instigating things and the head of the cia and head of fbi fbi go in front of congress and oh we no, we don't know we don't know we we have no comment we come on yeah either admit either say no we these people aren't ours which they refuse to do which means they are their people and they were there to instigate and start problems yeah that was that, that was a recent thing
1: in the uh, who who was the was it ted cruz Who's grilling the yeah. uh, mm-hmm. the CIA? Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, the CIA yeah. spokesperson. and yeah. Or was it FBI? The, I can't remember. Honest to God, at this point, them. they're the same, they're thing. The same yeah. thing. They're the same goddamn thing, except yeah. that the CIA is not supposed to operate domestically. Allegedly. Well, not even allegedly. Not, we not even know allegedly. for a fact allegedly. they
2: do. They're not supposed to. Chaos. It's legally not
1: supposed to. Yeah, chaos was was the CIA's version of COINTEL, mm-hmm. COINTELPRO oh, yeah. that was launched in the same month mm-hmm. and is documented that they operated on domestic
2: soil. We know they do it. Well, it's like thinking, you know, if you want to relay dates, uh, the Rainbow Coalition was started in Chicago in April 69, mm-hmm. and by, what, four months later, Fred Hampton was shot twice, right. assassinated in his apartment in Chicago.
1: Okay, so by 69, though, this is where it gets sketchy, because although the Black Panthers were, they had a lot of good ideas, and they did a lot of good things, and I think that, I mean, in a different time, in a different world, I could absolutely see joining an organization Mm -hmm. like that, and feeling like I was a part of something, and wanting to make a difference, and so I get that, however... It gets sketchy because the Black Panthers did do a lot, a lot of, of violent shit. shit they yeah,
2: did. they they did kill people. But, and but note note that the uh, the focus of uh, the government surveillance programs were not the violent actions of the Black Panther Party. It was the people like Fred Hampton. Yeah. That,
1: well, because yeah, the, the yeah, ones doing but, violence, they're they're towing the narrative that they want. They want they, that. That's what they want. That's, yeah, they want that. Fred Hampton yeah, but, is the but, exception
2: but, to the rule that was doing what should have been done, but nobody else did. Yeah, they yeah, saw they, they saw a future it. leader, mm-hmm.
1: somebody that could really make 100%, a difference. Hundred percent.
3: That is part of the whole story of of if you go in and look at the dates prior to the FBI and the CIA coming in and starting to influence the Black Panthers. Right. They had not they, they had done nothing illegal. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until after the CIA and the FBI and the local police departments got involved with them and started doing all of their counterintel and and inserting people into, into the organization that the organization became way more radic- radicalized, and that's happened throughout history in the United States mm-hmm. where the feds come in and filtrate a group, and that group becomes immediately radicalized right. in one way, shape, form, or another. Uh,
2: half the members go to jail. and A good, a good one in my memory of recent uh, that involves very similar to this. Um, do you remember the uh, Gretchen Whitmer uh, Attempted abduction, abduction plan uh, of the nine people involved in that plan. Uh, six of them were Feds, right? Or paid informants no, by six, the Feds. Six of them are Feds.
1: Yeah, and you had the it, was that that wasn't the same case as when they gave that poor schmo the uh, the remote detonation device for an explosive. Oh, no, that was, yeah. That was yeah. a different one. This poor guy, this poor guy who is almost one. surely on the spectrum. That was a different one. Yeah, uh, they gave him a device, which they said was a, uh, a remote mm-hmm. detonation device that would kill a bunch of people with an explosive were he to detonate it. And they were going back and forth. And um, basically, they radicalized this guy, then gave him a fake detonator and mm-hmm. told him to detonate it. He presses the button and... And immediately, all, he realizes that all of his friends are feds, and they all just are, jump on him and arrest yeah. him, and he's, yeah. he's you know going away for terrorism, domestic yeah. terrorism. Mm-hmm. But they, they set the guy up. Yeah. They, they facilitated the entire thing. Mm-hmm. They
3: radicalized him. They gave him been, a fake it
1: death. It would not have been I possible
2: mean,
3: without their intervention.
2: And, right? and,
1: and no. Yes.
3: And, and, and here's a thought on that, right? Why are they doing that other than to scare the populace to allow them to have more power and control Well, I mean, J. Edgar Hoover laid it out to expose,
1: disrupt, misdirect, discredit, or otherwise neutralize the activities of organizations we don't like. Mm Yep. Yeah. 100%. So... But you're you're right. I mean the the black the Black Panthers they were they were doing pretty well. They were making a difference. And but it really started to kind of unravel for them around 67. Mm-hmm. Uh, Huey Newton was one of the founding members. He shot and killed a cop in 1967. Yep. That was a bad look. Uh, in 1968, El- Eldridge Cleaver, who was the head of the Panthers Ministry of Information, was involved in a firefight during which he and two cops suffered gunshot wounds, and a 17 year old Panther was killed. Um. A year later, there was another altercation that left four more Panthers shot and killed. So it started by the late 60s, and then you said Fred Hampton, that was in 69, December of 69, I think. So the writing was on the wall, and he was really trying to pull the Panthers back towards Mm -hmm. their roots, it seems like. uh, Really trying to get them back on the rails, Mm -hmm. and he was doing a good job at it, and they were like, well, we can't have that. This is not going to happen. Right. So, And that's the point at which they killed him. Mm-hmm so it's it's a bitter pill to swallow and it's it's um you know it's it's a tough thing to know about but every everyone needs to know about Mm -hmm. this and of course once these documents so the burglars that we were mentioning earlier that
2: was in 71 so that's two years after fred hampton march march 8th 71 and it was on the night of the like you said they cased it Mm-hmm. They cased it. They knew it was going to go on. Uh, they figured that their best chance to uh, strike was on Monday, March 8th, 1971, which happened to be the, the uh, largest sporting event uh, around that time, which was Muhammad Ali versus Joe Frazier in nice. Madison Square Garden. Yeah. So they figured then, no, that they had one uh, guard on duty that night that was uh busy listening to the radio and watching the TV and they broke in.
1: That's pretty crazy, mm-hmm. man. Can you imagine being on, being in that yeah. group in, and like, but
2: yeah, they, I mean, like, if you they, get they they caught, were, they're going to, yeah. they're, Oh yeah. my God, what the but things yeah, they would they, do to you. They broke in and uh, they, again, they were hoping to find uh anti-war Hopefully, something for you know towards information of why and what was going on in Vietnam.
1: They felt uh, like they were being lied to about uh, the real and, motivations. Uh,
2: they, like I said, they came out with uh, like they just opened file cabinets and shoved stuff in pockets and mm-hmm. bags and ran out. And they eventually, had, from that came the uh, Church Committee, the Church Commission, mm-hmm. and uh, out of that investigation, looking at all of it, they found COINTELPRO, uh, um, MK Ultra. Uh, uh, uh mockingbird operation mockingbird uh propaganda campaign with domestic and foreign journalists operating with uh, cia assets assets across the, uh, the globe uh, fam, uh project family jewels uh the cia uh program for uh international uh assassinations of world leaders well, uh, I, they found a lot of shit I know you're not going to be able to list mm-hmm. them
1: all because there were 2,300 oh, Yeah, yeah. They, they 2,300 actions
2: projects. against organizations mm-hmm. that they didn't uh, like Project Shamra uh, the NSA was, uh, came out that even back then telecommunications companies were sharing their data with the NSA and were performing signal blockings in areas that they did not want communication to get out of if they didn't, that was real life they found a lot of stuff.
1: So there were there were congressional mm-hmm. committees that were and and you mentioned Frank Church, mm-hmm. 1975, the Church Committee findings. Um, this is when they basically revealed that. Like I said, twenty three hundred actions against organizations ranging from the Black Panthers to colleges. Mm-hmm. They would even go after mm-hmm. the College like the chancellor or like mm-hmm. the, the head of the, and they would do all kinds of fucked up shit. They would mail, they would try to break up marriages, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. anything to destabilize oh, like, like you were a group,
2: like you were talking about MLK. Mm-hmm. Uh, the COINTEL program for Martin Luther King Jr. They wrote him a letter, sent him an audio recording of one of his affairs. And uh, basically told him that he needs to kill himself. They wrote a letter saying that all of his like de- uh, that he is a hypocrite. He is not what he uh, comes off to be, and unless he kills himself, they are going to expose him. That was the CIA.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it was unconstitutional actions from gossip to gunfights. They tried to, like I said, ruin marriages. They called leftist informants, even though they knew they weren't. And like I said, I mean, you want to talk about conspiracy theories. We were just, it, one of the examples I used was, you think about what all went into convincing members of one organization, a rival organization, the U.S. organization, that the Black Panthers were planning assassination attempts and were convinced them so fully that they actually mobilized and ambushed people on a college mm-hmm. campus and there was a shootout that never would have taken place without FBI involvement. Mm-hmm. If that's not a conspiracy theory, please tell, tell me, me what, what is. is right? oh, no, it's not a conspiracy theory. Oh, it's yeah, a it's a conspiracy. conspiracy correct. Yeah, but you know, if you couldn't prove it, mm-hmm. like if those, ki- if those guys had never broken into that mm-hmm. field office, then this would all just be a, a theory, and everyone would just completely write it mm-hmm. off.
3: But here we are. We've proved it. So,
0: mm-hmm.
3: I mean, if, they're, if they'll do that, what else will they do? Mm-hmm. Well, it's real easy to name everything a
2: conspiracy when you don't know how anything works. And honestly, after the church committees, one of the only things that was really discovered that in a notable uh, legislation and action that was taken upon anything that was really discovered uh, was in 1976, Gerald Ford finally made a, uh, made a U.S. law and policy that we no longer have an in-house department of assassinations for foreign leaders. That's the only major legislative change that came from this, from that direct committee. Oh, they, they, they,
3: you know, they get called out. They go before Congress. Congress smacks a couple of people on the hand a little bit and goes, oh, you know, you can't do that, and you need to shut. And so they go in and shut down a program. Oh, we shut this program down. Mm-hmm. And all they did was rename, rename it. it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just give it a new name. Mm-hmm. Shuffle some people around from office to office and change the name of it, and they keep doing the exact same thing they've been doing forever. So let me ask you this. What was the single
1: turning point, the major event that happened around the time of all the things that we're talking about that completely shut down the hippie movement that gave people the idea in their heads that when they see a hippie, it's probably a murderous, raging psychopath, and if you take LSD, you're going to lose your mind and end up murdering a bunch of people. What What took place right around mm, the time?
3: Maybe uh, Charles Manson. Charles Manson, uh, who was locked up murderers. in federal <laughs>
1: institutions for the first thirty years of his life, and was apparently an informant who had an endless get out of jail free card for everything mm-hmm. that he did, and who an was tied supply in with of LSD and other endless drugs. supply of LSD, who was tied in with. Um, um, multiple people who um that we talked about roger smith who was apparently tied in with either the cia or the fbi not sure there was also a character named reeve whitson who is a very interesting and enigmatic character and then you also had um the uh, uh guy we talked about last week I'm, I'm blanking the the psychologist uh jolly jolly west jolly west, jolly west yeah so all of this kind of ties in together with Charles Manson and the murders. You've also got Helter Skelter, which was the official narrative about why he did what he did, which was to incite a what was it again, a race, race war, war with the uh, Black Panthers. Mm-hmm. So that's probably where we're going to end up going next week. I want to I want to talk about Charles Manson and then I'm thinking the week following maybe we'll get into some uh, John F. Kennedy assassinations. Or maybe we'll get into John F. Kennedy next week and then finish with Charles Manson. We're not really sure yet. But um, this has
3: been, that's that's going to be the main segment. That's going to do it for us on part two you know of this there. year' podcast. At the end of the day, everyone, ask yourself this. It's been how long since JFK was assassinated? And to this day, most of the federal documents that have, that pertain to it, are still under lock and key. They let a little bit out, and they were supposed to have released all of them at this time because they've aged out as far as, but the feds still keep going, ah, no, you know what, we'll we'll let this bunch go now, but we're still keeping this.
1: Yeah, so maybe we'll get into JFK next week. I think that'll be fun. We can get together maybe sometime this week and watch. I think uh, Oliver Stone's got a new documentary out that goes through everything um, in... in, uh, what's what's known more about today what's been leaked out since then so maybe that that'll be a good direction for us next week but in the meantime we're going to move on to part three yeah which is pretty much our weekly segment on free speech so let's get into it